In its quest to provide an open forum for discussion of controversial issues, this station allows hosts and their guests to express themselves without any significant censorship. You're advised that any views expressed by the hosts or their guests are not necessarily the views of Tuggy Entertainment or its partners. with us on a journey into the unknown, the unexplained, and the unbelievable. We will test your senses and challenge your beliefs. A world where science and religion clash. Or do they? You will meet real people and hear real stories, but you will not believe. You will witness strange sights and hear strange sounds, but you will not believe. This is the New England Ghost Project. Welcome to the everyone and welcome to another edition of Ghost Chronicles Next Generation. I am somebody, Ron Cole, your host, the gatekeeper to the realm of the unknown, the unexplained, and the unbelievable New England's own band, Helsink. And with me, fresh from her debut at the Wyndham Restaurant, the blonde bombshell herself, Miss Ann Kerrigan. Good evening. Hey. How are you? <laughs> I got a feeling. You got a feeling. What's going on? It's going to be a good night. <laughs> of course it is. We have great guests. Gonna we do? Awesome. Yes. Of course mm. we do. Of course we do. So, did you have a good time last night? I had a very good time. Mm-hmm. Good. Good. That was fun. It was nice to, nice to meet all those folks there and... Hopefully I didn't put all of them to sleep, just selected members. <laughs> Actually, I found out that she was listening. She wasn't sleeping. Really? Mm. She sure looked like she nodded right off on the other side of that room. <laughs> I don't know. I don't know. I know it wasn't for me, that's for sure. Yeah, I know. <laughs> that was fun, though. Everybody else had their eyes open. So I, I do want to let you know. That one person. <laughs> I do want to let you know that I did yeah. get an email this morning saying what a great time they had last night. So, Oh, very nice. Mm-hmm. Very, very nice. That's very so cool. So did you pick it? up somebody on the way home or something? Is that what it was? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I picked up the red-headed hitchhiker on the way home. and Oh. Know, the rest is history. But mm. uh, <laughs> And I met somebody there last night I may be related to. Really? Yeah, yeah, um, a couple of good people. Well, we're all brothers and sisters in the eyes of the That's Lord. That's right. Hallelujah. Yeah, hallelujah. <laughs> but, uh, yeah, the people at the, the the table right next to ours had the same last name as my mother's maiden name. So we were chatting about that, and it turns out, you know, we all had relatives in Nova Scotia and Canada, and um, we could be related. So that really? was pretty cool. Yeah. Hello? I'm here. Wake up. <laughs> I'm here. I'm just listening to you do whatever you do. Oh, uh, whatever that is. That thing that I do. Mm-hmm. <laughs> but anyways, so, yeah, it, it turned out pretty well, so. Um, yes. Thank you for having me up there. It was great. Yeah. Great. Well. Had a great time. Okay. So um, I'm looking for a guest, and I guess uh, what happened to... 
I think we lost the enter from the uh, the chat room because uh, I don't see her. No, I don't know. Says so she's in there. Belinda, uh-huh. where are you? Anyway, <laughs> so what else is coming up? Well, while I take care of this little baby, go ahead. You can. Oh, what else is coming up? Well, we have our big, um, you know, the paranormal conference coming up at the end of July, which will be very, very cool. And, um, oh, and we have on April 21st, it's the 21st, right? We have the investigation at the Houghton Mansion uh, out in North Adams, Mass. Oh, okay. And uh, that will be a lot of fun. Do we still are we so. sold out yet, or are there still tickets available? No, that sold out months ago. Ah, it did sold out. There. Sold out in January or something like that. Yeah, okay, yeah. So cool. that's totally sold out. But we do have another event that you and I are doing, and I believe that is uh, the Collinwood Collin the Farnsworth House, which is in Oneida, New York. So mm-hmm. we're leaving New England and doing a road trip. Yes. Yes. It's going to be a long road trip, but it'll be fun, right? Yeah. So. Yeehaw. <laughs> we'll sing 100 bottles of beer on the wall and all that fun yeah, stuff. Yeah, if you say so. <laughs> so how many hours is this going to be? I don't know. My hubby says six. Yeah, whatever. I drive like 85, so probably not going huh? down like five what? hours. Yeah. You drive like what? Yeah. I'm not going your... ahead with you if you drive 85 miles an hour. Put on your seatbelt, Van Helsing. We're hitting the road. Whoa. <laughs> <laughs> we are going to wow. make record time to the column. Oh, oh, that's right. I, I forgot you are blonde, so, I mean, if we get stuck, you just flash those baby blues. and. That's right. Yeah. Anyways. Just my baby blues. Yeah, there you go. That's so, anyways. So I believe that we uh, we have our guest with us now. He is a uh, spiritualist medium from medium from Scotland and uh, a fellow kilt wearer. So let's introduce uh, Mr. Stephen Scott. Hi there, Ron and Anne. Hi, Stephen. How are you? Oh. Hello. Hello. <laughs> what hat? Did we lose Ron? I'm still here. Oh. I just listened to his act and see if I'd be able to understand him or not. <laughs> can you hear me okay, Ron? Uh, we can hear you fine. We can That's hear you great. fine. <laughs> Good evening. Good evening. Good evening. And, and uh, you are in Scotland, right? I am indeed. Yes, it's just turned about 10 past 12 here. Oh, my goodness. What, at, at noon or? No, midnight. Oh, God bless you. <laughs> <laughs> and, you know... Stephen, you are just the greatest fan because we I see you in that chat room every Wednesday night and uh, you stay up just for us. Oh, I can hardly hear. Is, uh, was Anne speaking there? I can hardly hear her. Oh, sorry. Oh, okay. Yeah, let's see if Anne can, uh, I mean, Anna can, can bring up uh, his volume, Anna, because we, we have a little problem. I'll bring up our volume so he can hear us. So let's see if Anna can hear that. Then we'll know. Anyways, <laughs> Can you hear? Can you hear us? All right. I can hear you, Ron. Well, that's the most important thing, anyway. So I <laughs> that's mean, right. It's always very important. Anne's just fluff. So I mean, just... <laughs> <laughs> that's a bit cruel. Thanks a lot. Thanks a lot. I'm just here. Yeah, I'm just the fluffy stuff. 
So, so anyways, I, I did want to notice, I noticed that everything out there is kill Kenny, kill Connie, kill everything. What, what do they kill everything in there? What, what is with that, with the kill in the Scotland? I don't get it. With the kill, uh, if I remember correctly, the kill means it's either the hill or the mound, or something along those lines, i.e. the mound of Kilwinning, the mound of, Mar- of St. Marnock, and that's why you get Kilwinning, Kilmarnock. I believe oh. it's something to do with that. Okay. And in Ireland, I'm, I'm sure it's the same in Ireland where you have Kilkenny and... Although that may be a South Park reference, I'm not sure. <laughs> <laughs> oh my God, you have South, South Park in Scotland? Wow. Yes, we have TV and everything now, Ron, in Scotland. It's, Isn't that yeah. amazing? <laughs> <laughs> so we, we are corrupting the world one country at a time. That's good to know. Oh, absolutely, yeah. Yeah, definitely. But we love it. <laughs> So we are really thrilled to have you on because you, you are our favorite uh, spiritualist medium. But in order to me for you to say that, I got to know what the heck is a spiritualist medium versus a psychic medium versus a regular medium versus a trans medium. Uh, you know, that's all confusing to me, uh, a man of the cloth. So let, 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 let me, uh, what, what is a spiritualist medium? Well, uh, specifically speaking, a spiritualist medium from where I come from and my angle on it is that uh, I work within a movement that follows the uh, the actual spiritualist faith and um, not to say that when, when I say faith I don't mean as in a religious movement but uh, something that has its own ethos and code of conduct um, and we work specifically with spirit and the world of spirit uh, as opposed to working alongside a purely kind of more psychic level and a psychic link okay if that makes sense to you. Uh, <laughs> I know, I'm not, trying to digest that. <laughs> did you get it? I'm I really not sure. Really, uh, I keep calling you Scott, and that's your last name, but that, I, I apologize. That's okay. that's common for me. I have this dyslexia, ADD, uh, Anheuser disease, so, you know, it's it's really... <laughs> I, I do apologize if I do call you Scott, Stephen, so... Don't worry, Ron. I'm sure I've been called a lot worse, and I'm sure you have a lot more better names for me by the end of this as well. So, uh, I, well, well, do you have your kilt on? That's all I want to know. Yes, and it's worn like a true Scotsman. That's all, all right. I have to say. Yeah, I, I have mine on too, Ian. Oh my God, you're, you're scaring me. Oh well, see, you know what? When you say it, Stephen, you get, oh wow, that's great. But I say it, she says, oh, you're scaring well, me. Well, it's because you're like a hundred years old. Ron. <laughs> oh, that's okay. I actually can't hear Anne at all. I'm very sorry, Anne. Oh no, I'm sorry. We, well, oh. you know what? There's nothing, you know. I mean, so <laughs> oh, oh, Ron, <laughs> if, if she says something that's really important, uh, Stephen, I'll, I'll relay it. Or how's that? Oh. Yep, that's absolutely fine. I'm also on the Toji chat if she wants to get me there. <laughs> All right. I'll have to chat with Steve, Stephen in the uh, chat room to rebut everything that you're saying against me. <laughs> so, anyways, uh, Stephen, the, the spiritualist, uh, you're involved with the spiritualist church as well, right? Yes, that's correct, yes. And, and spiritualist church is... I mean, is everybody involved in the church a medium? Is is that how that works? I mean, no, not at all. Um, no. When you work as a medium, um, you're actually. I mean, we work for spirit itself. Uh, the churches themselves, n- not all churches that are spiritualist churches are associated to spiritualist organisations. It's the actual. 
the thought and the meaning that goes into the belief in the world of spirit and the ability for those who have passed beyond this physical life to communicate with us on a, and when I say us, I do not just mean mediums, I'm talking about everyone on a daily basis. Um, uh -huh. Ultimately, all mediumship is about healing and it's about healing through compassion for the people that you work with and on behalf of. Um, it's not about the delivery of, you know, fancy, flashy messages. It's not about uh, providing irrefutable evidence, although that does form a huge core part of what being a medium and particularly being a spiritualist is about. It's about being able to uh, prove through actual evidential means that there is a life beyond this one. But that's not the be-all and end-all towards being a spiritualist either. It's all about accepting the, the various tenets and the um, principles of spiritualism as well. And rather than having these override your existing religion or your religious beliefs or whatever, it actually works alongside them. Spiritualism is a complement from my perspective as to any religious belief that anybody would have. Okay. So I, I mean, I know that I have I have a, a friend who is a uh, minister in a spiritualist church in Salem, and she uh, goes to my ghost hunts at time. And I always found that interesting because in the spiritualist church, you're talking to people that have passed the spirits basically uh, all the time, and and yet she, she is going on a ghost hunt, which is uh, I guess to her is is totally different. Uh, yes, it, I suppose it would be actually because, uh, but that's the wonderful thing about being a spiritualist is that no one can tell you what your beliefs are. Spiritualism right. is open to everyone who's willing to investigate uh, and make up their own mind on what they want to believe and what they understand and what they then finally accept as the overall truth of their own belief system. And a spiritualist could just as easily go on a ghost hunt if they believe in ghosts and uh, they can understand that they have experienced that connection between that type of energy, for example, and a spirit who has passed beyond. Right. And they, they can make that link happen for themselves. And that's what's important is that it doesn't at any point try to override someone's belief system. And mm -hmm. Therefore, it's, it's a series of additional thought processes. And within any good spiritualist church, they won't say to you, come here and we'll tell you what, what's real and what's not. They'll say, come here and have a look and then find the truth for yourself. Okay. So we're actually going to do, do a little oh, mic check. I heard you there. Gonna, oh, great. Gonna, you can hear her, okay? Excellent. I can now. Can you hear me now? Yes, absolutely. Oh, that's too bad. Oh, that is too bad. <laughs> Because I could sit back and make snide comments, but uh, not anymore. Yeah. Anyways, um, Stephen, you are you are also a a medium as well. Where you, I guess, you sell your services. I, I think I, I never find a really good word to say that, but I mean, you do get paid for what you do as a medium, right? Well, what I do is. Uh what people, if anyone comes to me for a reading, uh, they're not paying me to be a medium. They're paying me for the time that I invest spending mm -hmm. with them. Uh -huh. than I, d I, don't, I don't charge for my services. And there have been times, in fact, just recently, in fact, only a few days ago, where uh, I have gone to someone and they've had 
an issue in mind. And although I can produce evidence of family members with uh, some rather unusual things that don't make sense to me but make sense to them, they have actually had a need or desire within themselves to look for someone specific who I've not produced. And in such cases, uh, I'd, I'd actually will not even ask them for a fee in that case because they've already come in looking for something else. They don't need a medium at that point. What they need is somebody who can help them with professional grief counselling, which is an entirely different thing, which is what I would then push them towards. They're not interested in mediumship. They're looking for an answer to a question that they have inside themselves and one that they themselves are trying to live with rather than wanting proof of uh, evidential life after death and knowledge of comfort and support from spirit. They, they, they haven't came to terms with the loss in themselves yet. So therefore, the connection to spirit is somewhat uh, you know, blocked on that level because their vision is so restricted. They only want one thing. And it's, it's, a, it's a bit like going into... It's, it's a strange analogy, but it's rather like going into a sweet shop looking for toffees and just not finding them. <laughs> not wanting anything else and mm -hmm. not seeing all the wonderful things that are round about you. And, you, you know, or going into a florist looking for roses and you miss every other flower in the shop. Right. Mm -hmm. you, you know, I didn't mean to offend you at all. I hope oh, I didn't. Oh, no, 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 no. Because that's the question. A lot of people don't understand that. But, I mean, that's what you do. I mean, you, it, it, it's, it's time out of your life. And, and your time is is worth something as well. I mean, so you know, it's not a dirty word to get paid for a, a service, and and if you provide, especially if you provide a good service. So, I, I you know, I, I really get bent out of shape sometimes when people say, "Well, you know, they only want your money." Well, that's not necessarily true. They, that's not what they, they, they're getting paid for a service, just as a, a doctor would, or a, a car mechanic, or or whatever. Right. Yep, and uh, people have to remember as well is that they, they have free will. We all have free will. Mm -hmm. And uh, for anyone to go, who, any, anyone who does go to a psychic or a medium or a doctor or a dentist, they do so either out of something that is wrong within them, but they make that, that choice to go. And right. Right. Uh, regardless of what the service is, people do make that choice to go. But there is also a level of uh, personal responsibility placed not only on the individual who wants to go for either a psychic reading or go to speak to a medium for whatever reason. There is no wrong reason unless it's one that is causing that person in, 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 uh, some sort of distress in themselves. Had, if, if their need to find something is causing them greater distress than acceptance of someone who's passed on, then that is a different issue. They need a doctor or a psychologist or a counsellor. Right. But um, there is absolutely nothing wrong with people who do. You know, it, you know that's the thing is is you get maybe you know a very very small percentage of people that are just really in it for the money and they really do. I mean, I know several cases where they've bled uh, their clients you know dry basically, and and those give a bad rap to the entire you know profession really. I mean, they they. They don't hear about all the ones that that really help other people. I mean, I, I know some other people said I went to see this medium and geez, I left and I felt so much better and da da da. You know, and, and like you know, someone just passed away and and you know this stuff. It, it's it, it's really you know it does a lot of good. It's just those that few percentage that really hurts the profession on the whole. 
Well, that's really down to the individuals themselves, Ron, is that uh, unfortunately, like any profession, be it uh, professional or amateur or whatever, there are good people and there are bad people. But right. we can all make our choice at any point during a sitting to stand up and say, listen, this isn't really what I'm looking for. And uh, although there is an onus on the, the medium or the psyche or whatever to say, listen, uh, I don't think this is going the way it should and stop it. it. There's also an onus on the person who comes to that reading, not just to sit there and take it, because we, we all have responsibility for ourselves and we all have responsibility for the people we come into contact with and nothing can take away that free will. Right. Absolutely. So, I mean, yeah. as a medium, do you find that, that spirit comes to you sometimes looking for help? Does spirit come to me looking for help? Um, yeah. There has been an odd time when, for example, uh, I met a, an old acquaintance from work, and I was in hospital, and his uh, sister wasn't well, and then all of a sudden I felt the presence of his wife come in, and she wanted to speak to him, and you just have to say no, because that's not the time, that's not the place, and he has not come looking for that information. He's talking to me about his sister, so you just have to give a polite, I'm very sorry, but now's not the right time and place. Because spirit will be insistent, they, they do like to come forward, particularly when you make a link. And I was enjoying my meeting with this man, I hadn't seen him in over 10 years, and we were talking about all the old times when we used to work together and everything. And that obviously brings up emotion, and nothing draws spirit in more than positive emotion. And that's what we were talking about at the time. But I, as a medium, I, I, would, I have no right whatsoever to impress upon anyone's personal life by saying, oh, by the way, I've got your sister here, and she really wants to give you this message. And he's going to go, and, whoa, hang on a second, yep, yep, taxi for Scott, yep, and bring the police, please, because he's a lunatic. <laughs> <laughs> you know? I mean, really, that's not my place to make that decision. If, if, however, he had come to me and said, listen, Stephen, I've heard you're a medium. Uh, I've not heard from my sister for some time, blah, blah, blah. I would really love to try a sitting and see if we could maybe get a message through or even anyone. Then, yeah, I'd be happy to say, yes, come on, because he's made that decision. He's come to me. But spirit can try. Even when you're working on platform for a church or whatever, you're in the middle of giving a message and then you'll just hear a voice shout over. Occasionally they'll chance their arm, go past your guide and try and shout in your ear to make you say something to someone else. Uh, because when spirit feels the presence, I, I mean, if you imagine yourself, if you were to leave your physical life behind and then all of a sudden there's someone standing there and through that person you pick up the essence of a daughter or a son and you think oh my goodness, they're hurting right now, I really want to go and speak to them. You would chance it, and you, you, you would try that opportunity, and it's up, then up to the medium and the guides to say, no, hold on a minute, you know, get in line, there's another five people here, get, go to the end of the queue, you. Um, <laughs> uh, and you'd be amazed how often it happens, but it does happen. So yes, um, there, are, there, there are times when spirit do come to you, but again, I have to stress, we have responsibility, and right. we have that free will there, and we must always maintain that level of professional responsibility, not just that, but also respect for the human being and the spirit that is in front of you, because we're all spirit right now. We're just a spiritual essence living a physical life. That's true. So for, That's very true. need to do that yeah. to someone else and just suddenly throw something at them that they're, un, that they're unprepared for. I'm not only bringing myself into disrepute, I'm not only bringing their thoughts into a place that they never asked for them to go, but I'm also showing the greatest level of disrespect to the spirit world that I'm looking to serve. Mm. 
I never would have thought of it that way, but, uh, you know, it certainly makes sense that you don't want to just, you can't just drop a bomb on somebody. No, you can't. That's right, Anne. You really can't. And, and it's, that yeah. if they've not asked for it, it is very, right. very wrong. Yeah, that would that. be really disturbing you know, you know, for a lot I, of people. You know, I've told so many people that, you know, we do investigations and, and we make contact with a spirit. And it may not be any spirit that's associated with the building or, or the persons that are in there now. It's, it's what I call street ghosts, and that's just the spirit that realizes that someone's trying to contact the other side and they want to be heard and they just drop in. Mm-hmm. And so you can get those in, in, in an investigation as well. Well, that's something I've... I've n- never really came across once, and I, well, actually, perhaps I have, um, and this is going to, this is going to stir your juices, Ron. I can tell. Is <laughs> that, uh, my family and I were uh, down in the vaults in Edinburgh once. It was a Halloween thing. We were just wandering about, and the tour guide was talking about all this thing, and this was a bad place, and it was all dark, and everything was horrible, and you know, <laughs> people have reported things here. And I looked down, and I felt there was a presence nearby. And I looked down and I thought, oh, hang on. And I turned to the wife and I said, there's a dog here. And she goes, what? I says, there's a wee spirit dog here. And she, huh. and she was like, uh, uh, you're nuts, basically. <laughs> you know? And then uh, literally seconds later, the tour guide said, yes, and one day somebody brought a dog down here. And she pointed at me and she says, and it barks into that corner where we think there's a big man. Who stands there? And I turned to the wife and she says, it's barking at another dog. But the, the thing is... <laughs> The dog belonged, I felt, to the tour guide. Oh. It was, one, it was a dog that was linked to her or her family. And it oh, follows really? her about. Just as, and I know you've got a thing about animal spirits, Ron, but uh, it's... <laughs> I've got a reputation, oh great. <laughs> it's, it's, well, it's, yeah, your reputation procedure, I'm afraid, on that one. Uh, but, uh, yeah, you, you know, but this is something that happened, and it was literally seconds after I, I thought, oh, there's a wee dog here. And it's amazing how often that can happen. Wow. Uh, just where you meet someone and you get the feeling, and you actually get the feeling that, goodness gracious, there's someone with them. But you don't go there. I don't go there. I don't go there because mm-hmm. that's not what I'm there for. I'm just, oh, hello, how are you doing? Walking past in the street. And you just right. get that sensation that someone that loves them very much is moving in close either to protect or give support. Or uh, Stephen, you're not going to believe this, but we've run out of time with you. Oh, oh my God. Grief already. Already? Oh, this is that went by too fast. We, you got to come back on again, seriously. Well, just got to ask. Not a problem at all, and I've thoroughly enjoyed that. that was a yeah, we job. definitely rescheduled because there was so much more I wanted to ask you too, and oh, I'm yeah. sure Ian wanted to say something. Absolutely. Oh well, but thank you so much. And we have been we have been talking with uh, Stephen Scott, uh, and how can they reach you, Stephen? You can go to my website at stephenwkscott.com. Thank you, Stephen. And we definitely will set it up to get you back again because it was interesting while it lasted. Thank you. Thank you, then. Bye-bye. Take care. Good night. Welcome to Toginet. Radio with a cutting edge. In today's business world, a helping hand or idea that doesn't come with an invoice is a treasured find. And if that happens to you, then you need to pay it forward to keep other entrepreneurs from making mistakes or getting a raw deal. It's called Paying It Forward with Josephine Girasi. Wednesday mornings at 10, 9 a.m. Central. Josephine is going to have the guests describe their accomplishments, the lessons they've learned, both good and bad, and then sharing those pieces of knowledge. As we create a movement of Paying It Forward, 
For more information about Josephine, her business, and background, you can go to MyMomKnowsBest.com. Josephine Jirasi has always been a problem solver. She saw this need and has turned it into a movement. It's Paying It Forward with tips, tools, and advice, and hard lessons learned. These pieces of knowledge can make a huge difference for you, your business, and others. So join us for Paying It Forward with Josephine Jirasi, Wednesday mornings at 10 a.m., 9 a.m. Central on toginet.com. generation with Ron and Ann, and we just had a fabulous guest, Stephen W.K. Scott from the U.K., and uh, unfortunately, we ran out of time with him, but we're going to have him back again very soon, I hope. Yeah, we will. Because we all, all us ladies love that accent. Oh, really? Maybe, maybe I can talk it. No, that's not it. No, please well, don't. No, uh, don't. I mean, I can, don't I'll ruin my buzz, Ron. Come on. You know what? If I... If I, if I Talk to him enough. I'm sure I can pick up his broke. So, I mean, that's, you know, <laughs> that's I'm sure I can. You ruin it forever. Now stop it. I'm sure I can. <laughs> and speaking about ruining forever, uh, we just want to announce that Ann will be doing henna <laughs> at the uh, 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 Ghost Spirit Quest, the uh, the uh, Paranormal Experience in July. Yes, so yes, I will. Henna, and henna is, is actually, what is it, Ann? Henna is, it's like a, a paste uh, mm-hmm. that will leave a stain on your skin. So it's like kind of like getting a tattoo. If you wanted to test drive a tattoo, mm-hmm. it uh, lasts about two weeks, but it's only the one color, you know. But um, very popular with, uh, you know, Hindu in uh, India. Um, the Indian brides get it. Mm-hmm. They have the the story is behind the henna is that their hands and their feet are all hennaed completely, and this is to break the new bride into married life because while her hands are hennaed, she doesn't have to do any any uh, housework. Which oh. was. My, my my wife must have permanent henna then. No. Anyways, uh, I've been trying to talk Ann into doing a skull henna on my butt, but she no. is a little hesitant for some no. reason. I have no clue. No. So, anyways, if you would like to see Ann do uh, a henna skull on my butt, send in a, send her an email at the uh, Ghost Chronicle page, and there you go. Thanks a lot. I am not going near your butt. <laughs> I Thank told you I'd cut a little you. patch out, and we could use no. the patch of skin. And, Anyways, let's bring on our next guest before we go down any further. Yeah, thanks. I just want, you know... Uh, Anyways, joining us now yeah. is uh, Thomas Elliott from Boston Paranormal Investigators. The guest issue. Thomas. Yes, here. Uh, how are you? Good, very good, very good. Hi, Thomas. How are you? Hi, good. And you? Do you go by Tom or Thomas? Tom. Tom. Excellent. Oh, there you go. And uh, you, you, you are the—are you the founder of Boston Paranormal? Yes, I am. Yes, proud to and, be. And <laughs> and you have been around for a while. Well, actually, why don't you tell us a little bit about Boston Paranormal? How did it start? And and uh, you know what's your philosophy as far as paranormal investigating and so forth? Well, I've had a lifelong interest in anything paranormal, UFOs, Bigfoot, uh, ghosts—you know, whatever you can think of uh, under, under that umbrella. And uh, 
way back when I was a kid, I remember I, I read everything I could get on it, magazines, books, and so forth. So it's been a lifelong interest, and uh, I've been a TV producer for a while and produced several series of shows on the uh, the unusual, the paranormal, and so forth. And then, uh, you know, six years ago, I decided it was about time to come out of retirement and do something new, so I decided to put together a... Uh, a paranormal group, and I used uh, Meetup as sort of a way to kick it off, and got, of course, you know, hundreds of replies of people interested in it. But right now, I think we have about uh, 15 to 20 sort of core members that uh, you know take part regularly with our in our meetings and in our investigations. So we probably just celebrated our sixth birthday uh, this past Monday. So. Oh, really? Excellent. Yeah. How, how many years did you say? Six. Six. Six years. Wow. That's about well, how long I've had. Yeah, I've had my group about six years. Really? Yeah. I mean, that, that's old for these kind of groups. A lot of them come and go. Except for the Ghost Project. Yeah. Yeah, how old is the I'm Ghost old, Project? I'm older than Dirk. Anyways, uh, it, I know uh, a, a, a member of your group, uh, Calvin. Right. Uh, he, Calvin. He's, yeah, he's a he's a great guy, a great investigator. So, I mean, how do you, I mean, how do you investigate in in collect evidence? And I mean, what is your you know what is your philosophy? Are you open? Are you skeptical? Or are you only scientific? Or, or you know? Well, I'm personally I'm a born skeptic, but of course in the group we have. Uh, all variations of uh, belief and disbelief. Uh, in fact, one thing that surprised me is that a number of members uh, are atheists. Ah. I think uh, kind of strange, but <laughs> they, they seem to be able to handle it. Uh, I would always assume that uh, you know belief in the spiritual world would uh, sort of almost assume that there was some sort of supernatural being, but I guess that's not necessarily true. So. <laughs> Uh, but anyway, so we we have uh, it's definitely a scientific approach, but the way the the way that we use mediums and sensitives and psychics or whatever you want to call them is sort of as guides. For example, if we're in let's say on a site and we're looking, you know, going around with our digital cameras and so forth, uh, you know, a, a sensitive might come up and say, you know, I think there's something over in that corner. Why don't you snap a few photos over there? Mm-hmm. And so many times that's successful. I mean, that does something does come out on the photos because the sensitive was able to pick up activity there that the rest of us, you know, couldn't see. So that's the way we we use, uh, you know, people like that. Mm-hmm. Uh, but basically, it's it's definitely the, what I call the ghost hunter method that you you know that you see on TV. Mm-hmm. 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 Now, do you ever use the psychics? I know in my group um, we do a lot of EVP work. Um, my friend Mike Markowitz does, you know, he's our EVP master. Um, but he will sometimes try and, you know, he is hopeful that what the his EVPs are going to match up with what the psychic or the medium is, is talking about. Right. Sometimes that happens. Uh, another thing is that we've even offered mediumship courses in our group, and we've had, I think, two classes in that, and some people have actually discovered they had uh, certain abilities that they didn't know that they had before. And uh, 
you know, the uh, uh, I'm trying to think now what uh, what else uh, people have done. But anyway, yeah, it seems to sort of mesh in a way that uh, many times it's that we, we get more evidence by following the medium's uh, direction than, you know, than we would have otherwise. And sometimes uh, EVPs, of course, do line up with other things that are going on, like EMF meters going off or, you know, mm-hmm. things like that, that sort of, sort of uh, contributing evidence. Yeah. yeah, I think it's a great validation when you can get yeah. stuff that's going to sync up like that. So, so what if, um is there any one particular investigation you've done that kind of stands out in your mind? Well, one of our favorites is the uh, Longfellow's Wayside Inn out in Sudbury. Have you ever been out there or heard of I have not personally, no. I have not. I, I know of it, but I've never been there, no. It's funny because nobody else has been there either. I mean, the ghost hunters <laughs> have not done it. Uh, really? We're the only ones I know of that have actually gone out there. It's oh, wow. probably one of our most successful places. Wow. Uh, one time, we've been out there maybe four or five times now. We go out there once a year. And uh, there are two so-called haunted rooms uh, up in the second floor, rooms 9 and 10. And this supposedly is the location where the apartment was of the one of the sisters of one of the early innkeepers. And it's one of these sort of broken heart stories where she fell in love with a British uh, soldier that was over here. He left and went back to England promising to come back for her, and of course never did. Oh. And she ended up, uh, I guess, uh, you know, in, in that apartment for the rest of her life, waiting for him to return. And that's supposedly, she, she's the spirit that supposedly is uh, haunting that, that area. So every year we rent those two rooms. And we have dinner downstairs in the, uh, they call it the old kitchen, which is right below those two rooms. And, you know, again, you'd have to have been there to see the place, but it's it's the oldest continuously operating inn in the country. Mm. So it goes back to the 1600s. Oh, that's so very cool. Quite, quite, quite ancient. And uh, that, I think, has been the first time we went, one of the first times we went, we were up in the second floor in those two rooms. There's only a sort of very narrow staircase that goes up with a lot of creaks in it. Mm-hmm. And we're sitting there, and our EMF meters, we, I think we had four or five of them lying on the floor. They were all going off uh, spontaneously. Mm. And all of a sudden, we heard four sharp raps on the door. <laughs> and somebody was right by the door, and they threw the door open, and there's nobody there. Awesome. Oh, no way, there's no other way of getting up there, and awesome. they certainly would have been heard. If you tried to run up those stairs, down those stairs, you'd break your neck. <laughs> so, it, uh, and then we, you know, we, we've uh, one of our members went there uh, by himself one time, same rooms, and he set up his video camera at night and had it running all through the, the night while he slept. Mm-hmm. And we did capture, or I should say he captured, some shadow figures on the wall behind his bed. Nice. And he had the shades drawn, the drapes drawn. Wow. There's no way that it could have been any kind of light that got in to create those you know, those shadow figures. Mm-hmm. Um, another th- 
kind of cute story I, I kind of like is that one of our members was doing EVPs in the one of the bathrooms, mm-hmm. and she's thinking to herself, this is a funny place to be doing EVPs, the bathroom, right? <laughs> Absolutely. And when 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 the when she played back the recording, you hear this voice saying laughter. <laughs> really? <laughs> yeah. Wow. Now, I mean, when you said it's an EVP, is it, is it really a, a class A EVP? Was it really clear, or is it was it open to any interpretation? No, that was that was a very clear one. I would say that was a class A. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Wow. Yeah. Now this I was, was just a, talking with one of the hostesses at the end, and they were saying that uh, up in those two rooms, I always ask if if there's been any activity lately, and she was saying that uh, you know how they have those uh, signs on the walls that says. Uh, you know, legal capacity, uh, mm-hmm. 12 or 20 or whatever people. And I guess that sign had fallen off the wall and was sitting on the floor one morning, you know, with no explanation. And she said the sconce lights, which are up there, went off for no reason. Mm-hmm. So there's still, I guess, uh, Jerusalem is still around. Mm-hmm. Wow. This is the Longfellow Inn in Sudbury. Yeah, I've, I've heard of it. I, I thought it was like investigated by everybody. I didn't realize it was not investigated at all. What, what was what was the name again? Ron drowned you out. Oh, Longfellow's Wayside Inn. Wayside Inn. Okay. All right. I drowned you out. Plenty in Sudbury. <laughs> yes, Ron, you're drowning everybody out. You know what? I'm not going to talk tonight. That's it. No. Oh no. <laughs> I'm done. No. 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 I'm done. So now Ron was uh, mentioning something to me about an alien experience that you had. Oh yeah, I I don't know if you if you know if you're familiar with uh, Betty Hill, Betty and Bonnie Hill. Yes, absolutely. Sixties. Mm-hmm. Was that? They started the whole uh, alien uh, right, yeah, UFO yeah. movement, really, in in yeah, New back England. In, back in '61, they were the ones that were abducted and. Their experience became sort of worldwide. Uh, they were the first ones to sort of publicize the fact of being abducted. And so I had her on one of my shows in Boston on Channel 68 uh, years later, around 1980, and I became good friends with her as a result of that. Mm. And for, well, as many years as she lived, she... Uh, uh, died in what 2004, I think. Um, she and I were pretty good friends. She took me out on UFO hunts up in the hills of uh, around Exeter, New Hampshire. And I yeah. saw things again. I'm a skeptic. I saw yeah. things I couldn't explain. So uh, I don't know. <laughs> shouldn't have, <laughs> things that shouldn't have happened. Things that shouldn't have been there. Wow, that's that's pretty. Uh... That's pretty amazing. I mean, I'm not, I'm not impressed by lights in the sky. I mean, there's so many explanations for that. Mm-hmm. I don't find those particularly, you know, convincing. But when you're talking about things on the ground that mm-hmm. you're looking at sitting on the tracks, right. you know, whole lighted structures, pyramids, mm-hmm. uh, things like that, rolling disks of light, uh, you know, wow. light strobe lights rising above these tall pines and flashing at you and strobing and so forth. 
after that I was pretty I, I, I felt the uh, you know the uh, goosebumps mm. wow so I mean have you ever experienced lost time syndrome no no no, not, that I, not that I know of. <laughs> <laughs> not that I recall. Yeah. <laughs> I actually, I actually did. Did you? Yeah. Yeah. Uh, when we were, oh God, this was back in. Uh, I'm trying to think when it was. I think 1998 or somewhere around there. Uh, we used to have a TV show on uh, WNDS uh, called the New England Ghost Project. Oddly enough, but anyway. <laughs> and uh, we uh, had a production meeting, and I left uh, the house that I was at, and I arrived home, and I looked at the clock, and what should have taken me 20 minutes was an hour and 20 minutes. Yeah. And I, I called them right up, and I asked them, what time is it there? And they said, From, I said, what time did I leave your house? And they said, an hour and 20 minutes ago. So I have I lost an hour and I'll never be able to figure out what the heck happened. That's but crazy. But you didn't have any other any other evidence that connected it to uh, UFOs specifically. No, right? no, I don't know if it was UFOs, uh, uh, Tom, or, or what it was. I really have no clue. Um, it, it's just a weird thing, and it's funny. It was it was a foggy night, so it added that little blend of the eeriness to it. But yeah. uh, you know, it wasn't like you know. This was taking me a long time to go home or anything. It just, I came home, looked at the clock, and said, what? Mm. And, you know, it was it bothered me so much that I did make the phone call, and right. uh, it was verified. So uh, somehow I lost an hour of my life that I'll never know about. <laughs> oh, of course, with, with Betty and Bonnie Hill, that was like two hours that they couldn't account for. Right, and, and they had. Longer. They had much more than that. And, I, you know, I, I really don't think it was UFOs. I just don't know what the whole thing is. But, you know, the interesting thing is that, uh, you know, I, Leslie, I see Leslie in the, the chat room says, do you have a memory of the whole ride? And I, and I have just a memory of the ride. As, mm-hmm. but, but that, you know, just the, the interesting thing is, I mean, I'm sure – you're the same way. If you're going somewhere a lot that you really don't think about, you just right. drive. You know you what I mean? Drive. Yeah, you're so yeah. used to doing it. You really, it's not really something you think about. So, uh, but, but it, it was interesting. Is that on some of the trip I took with Betty, uh, my son went along with me. He was in the Navy at the time, and over the years he had been making allusions to certain things that I couldn't remember happening. So finally, I said to him last year, I said. Why don't you write down the things that you remember and send them to me? Because I said some of these things just don't ring a bell. And he wrote back and told me about UFOs passing over the car, and I was in the car. Really? So maybe I did have a experience, but uh, he, he remembered things that I have no no recollection of. Wow! I don't know and where how... that came from, but uh, I mean I trust him. I uh, I know he's not lying, but. <laughs> and how old was he? Well, he was in his twenties at the time. You know, he was. Uh, he, of course, he shared my interest in these kind of things. And oh, okay. Uh, he, he went out with Betty and I a couple of times, and you know, oh, he, he talked about you know ships coming out over the over the trees mm. from the uh, forest and. 
passing over the car. And mm. I mean, I would have remembered that if I was awake. Right. <laughs> so I was somewhere else. I don't know where I was. But <laughs> You're on the so maybe you did. Maybe you didn't. You just didn't realize it. Yeah. Wow. So, but, um, Tom, do you have a website? I can put it up on our page. Oh, yeah. It's Boston, bostonparanormal.org. All right. Very cool. We'll put that up for you. Do you have any um, anything on the site? Like, do you have, have like investigations, et cetera, on the site? Well, we're, we're sort of working on it right now. It's just sort of just a brief description of the group and what it's what what our mission is, what our purpose is, you know, that kind of thing. Right. We don't really update it actively. With, I mean, our meetings are always the fourth uh, Monday of the month. Mm-hmm. Oh, that's a great you know, idea. Yeah. 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 And, well, it gives us a chance to review any investigations that have taken place earlier that month and, of course, plan ahead for the ones that are coming up. Right. But I think it's necessary to have a business, I guess you call it a business meeting, every month and, uh, you know, share things and uh, talk about things that have happened and so forth. So I, I think it's useful to have that. And then we try to have at least one investigation a month on top of that. So, I, you know, people are so busy these days, it's kind of hard to get them to do more than that. Right. It's true. Because they have their families, they have their jobs. So I think two two times a month, you know, I, if I'm lucky, I can get them out for that. Right. <laughs> but, uh, <laughs> well, you know what? We have to take a short break right now, and we have to play a new episode of... So hang on, Tom. We have a new episode yeah. of Beyond Bizarre. From Vala Ventura. Maybe. <laughs> <laughs> there it is. Maybe he had a point. An agoraphobic man who had vowed never to leave the house again after he was assaulted at age 18 decided after 30 years of self-induced imprisonment to take a walk outside. The, the strain of being out was too much for him. He suffered a heart attack while strolling along. And the accidental tourist. A tourist visiting San Francisco in 1964 was involved in a minor cable car accident. As a result, she sued the city of San Francisco, claiming that the incident had turned her into a nymphomaniac. She won the case and received an award of $50,000. Another terrifying tale from the Book of the Bazaar, available wherever books are sold. <laughs> that was an uh, interesting one. <laughs> wow. You are listening to Ghost Chronicles Next Generation with Ann Carrigan and Ryan Kolick, and our very special guest right now is Thomas Elliott from Boston Paranormal. So there you go. Wow. One thing I'd like to do before we run out of time is, uh, I don't know if I've talked to you about this, but, you know, there's a surprising lack of coordination amongst all the groups like ours Uh in, in New England and Massachusetts, whatever. And I, I know somebody has to step in and get everything together because we sort of end up reinventing the wheel all the time. Like, you know, I might be looking for, let's say, a, a museum to investigate or a library or a theater or whatever. I don't know where to begin. I mean, there are lists on the web, but 
it would be much better if I could go to somebody like you or some other leader of another group and say, what ones have you done? And can mm-hmm. you give us a contact name, mm-hmm. you know, to get in there? Mm-hmm. But it seems like we all have to start, you know, we, we do this, this uh, trying to reach the right person and, uh, you know, talk ourselves into the thing and mm-hmm. so forth. Do you have any feeling about that or that? I think it's a, it's a matter of, uh, first of all, I mean, you've been around long enough to know that the groups come and go through the years. And, yeah. And there also is a, a very uh, almost, you know, everybody talks unity and all this other stuff, but there really isn't. Uh, so I, I don't know. It, it's, it's just that, you know, you know, for instance, like our group is is just so busy and doing so much that it just would add another uh, piece to, to for us to do, and it. it's right. it's it's difficult. I mean, it really is. It's and I th- I think there's so much ego in yeah. so many teams. Well, do you think it's ego? I mean, you know what? If I you do. Say if you say, okay, I did. Uh, you know, the Wyndham restaurant. Um, you know, it, it, you already know that the Wyndham Restaurant went investigation. As it turns out, the Wyndham won't let anybody else in. I mean, they they were, <laughs> you know, they were curious at the time, and and you know, we fulfilled the need, and that was that. And a lot of places are like that. That mm-hmm. they'll have somebody come in, they'll do it, and they say well, that that's cool. But they don't right. want group after group coming into their place. So they really oh, don't. I agree. Yeah, I agree with that. I think it's ego on the part of some of the groups, not. You know the establishment. Um, right, there's a sort of a- exclusivity. Yeah, it, it, know, it's almost like you know. Well, we don't want to. Sh- we don't want to share with you. Right. And right. and you run into that. I have run into that time and time again. It's like, well, no, well, you know, let them do it. You know, we had to do it ourselves. So you know, you know, let them do it them themselves. And I mean, but there's, we there's so much information out there you can get. For instance, I mean. My friend Thomas D'Agostino, he writes his books. He puts down all yeah. the contact information in them. I mean, it's there. Uh, there are, you know, and, and if like the U.K. And, and that, I mean, all those venues are well-known, but, they, right. you know, the, it's it's like everything. They charge for it. I mean, you know, it's a business. They have a, a commodity, and, and they sell it. I mean, it's unfortunately, that's the way it is. I mean, you have the Lizzie board now. You can definitely go to it. I mean, yeah, it's going to cost you money, unfortunately, but it is. I mean, Rose Island yeah. Lighthouse, another great thing. That's a lighthouse. But, you know, there are people that are open, and you can't go. But the, the nice thing about, you know, charging money on this stuff is is that at least it's going to a good cause. I mean, people like Rose Island Lighthouse that goes to the <laughs> You know, into their coffers to maintaining the lighthouse and, and repair right. and everything else. Right. And right. and Lizzie Borden, if you know, if they couldn't make it as a as a unit, I mean, it wouldn't be there. It wouldn't be as a business. So, yeah. you know, there are places, yeah. But I, I understand what you're saying. Yeah, it would be great to have uh, a, a like an encyclopedia room or a, a directory, I guess you would say. Right. right. With, okay. Yeah. Yeah, with all the list of places and the names and contacts. But even even you know on that that. That constantly changes as well. Sometimes you might get somebody who's running a place, and uh, they're open to investigating everything else, and then all of a sudden you get somebody yeah, new ownership and everything, yeah. and it all changes. So it, it's know. not a, you know it's not really an easy thing to do. Um, hey, Ron, it, you heard the doorbell from the dead, right? No, I didn't. Is it pizza time? Yes, it is. I can't believe it. It is pizza time. <laughs> I just don't want those beats to start, and you're going to have to cut this poor man off. 
Well, you sure the pizza <laughs> came? I'm get I'm getting it. No, it's not yet from the uh, from the uh, stack. So oh, well, no, I, I think I think you're hearing things, Dan. Maybe you had this little. Uh, oh, I heard the doorbell from the dead, but you can keep talking. You must have been the doorbell <laughs> at your house. No. <laughs> It, it it would be nice to be to have a large enough group to put on like a convention once a year maybe. Uh-huh. Like we used to have UFO conventions up in New Hampshire for years, and now they're gone. Yeah. In fact, there are several such conventions, and they're they're, they're no longer. And in now existence. I hear the heartbeats, Ron. I'm sorry. Uh-huh. <laughs> Ron. You do. Yeah, I guess we've got to wrap it up. I think that's a great idea. Tom, we'll have you back on another time. I apologize for not being able to get <laughs> okay. to you. But Thank anyway, you so much, Tom. Evidently, hey. it's time for us to well, go. This has been Tom El- Thomas Elliott from Boston Paranormal. Thank you, Tom. Okay, thank you. Take care. Good night, right. everyone. Good night. God bless. From ghoulies to ghosties, long-leggedy beasties, and things that go bump in the night. Deliver us, good Lord.